When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. And I'm in here with Corrupt. Oh, yeah, we live. I made it, man. Vegas traffic coming into Los Angeles like everybody was trying to come here. Mm. Right. You know, I thought everybody would be trying to go to Vegas. Mm. Felt like everybody was trying to get here. I think everybody's trying to go everywhere. Post-COVID, everything's fucked up. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but you know, motherfuckers just trying to go anywhere. I love right. that. Because they are. I think it's been cooped up for so long, you know. Mm-hmm. Marriages have been destroyed, and marriages have been strengthened. Families have been strengthened, families destroyed. You know, you never know what it's like until you're locked up with them right. for damn near a year. The way people talk about going to the club now, you could tell they're really ready to get in there. They're ready to go to any place. <laughs> Picnics is back in effect. You having a Ooh. picnic? I'm there. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's all gravy. Yeah. You love Vegas? I love it. And I always have since, you know, back in the days when Suge used to take us out there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? My bad. See, I'm new to this. Yeah, it's okay. yeah but when Suge used to take us out there, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? He had the club 662 and the spot out there. We always had a great time. Always. Always. So I moved out there before. Me and Lazy Bone was working on Thug Pound album. Uh-huh. And uh, we had our own apartment out there. That was the first time I moved there. It was good. So, you know, I used to wake up in the morning and uh, Lazy be knocked out. So I head to the casino, 20 bucks, make me like 40, 50 bucks off a, a dub. And then I go get us some breakfast, <laughs> go back to the house, wake him up. We got some food, boop, and then go back, hit the casino, uh, nighttime, win and get us some dinner. Blackjack. You just always win? Oh, I'm going to win. <laughs> 20 bucks, I'm going to bring home at least, I'm going to double it. I'm going to get 40. Right. I'm going to get my money back, and then I'm going to get that extra 20 minimum always. You feel like a gambling addict to any extent? Oh, no, because, you know, I learned how to quit. Mm. The key to gambling is knowing when to quit. You know, as I said, I get that 20 bucks. Right. Right, because, you know, if I had that problem, 20 is not enough. Mm. Got to keep going. But you got to know when to hold them. <laughs> know when to fold them. Shit. No when to walk away. away. No when to run. You never, never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough to gamble. When, when the, the dealing's done. done. <laughs> right. I'm a poker guy. <laughs> I play poker now, too. I you just do. learned it. At the casino? I play uh, the slots. Mm, okay. At the bar. Nice. Pop, 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 pop. If I pay for you to enter, will you play the main event of the World Series of Poker, $10,000? Hell no. What? I want to sponsor because I you want in you there. to win. No, but I'm going to sponsor your entry as well as my own entry. Right, but then, you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not as good as Blackjack. Right. I'm just doing it for the thrill of putting corrupt in the main event. Well, I'll get in there, man. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> Shit. You see, when you do it like that, we might win. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because I'll crack them. Mm. I, I, know, I know poker. Okay. Right. You can read a man. Easily, easily, okay? Mm. When you got two of them alike, four and four. How do you know that uh, Johnny Cash song we were just singing? 
Like, does that just does it bring up any memories of when you might have heard that throughout your life? Yeah, the movie, um, The Gambler. Yes. Indeed. Or was it Hank Williams? Jr.? No, I, think, I, I, thought, I thought it was Kenny Rogers. Honestly, these kind of they all seem like the same person to me. Yeah, that's what they say about his black folks. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. That's what probably what the country fans would say about rappers. Right. That's what they do say. Oh, they all sound like. Because I could have swore that was Kenny Rogers who sang that song. One of them. Fuck them. Ah. They're not going to be like, oh, it was corrupt. It wasn't Daz. It wasn't, they don't care either. Hey, look, it wasn't Willie Nelson. That's my uncle, Uncle Willie. You hung out with him? Oh, yeah, man. We smoke a lot of good pot together. Really? You know? Yeah, you know, Snoop. You know, when my cousin Snoop, being with Snoop, you meet all kinds mm. of the greatest. And um, Willie loved my uh, cousin Snoop, me and Daz's cousin. They love Big Snoop. And, you know, Dog always have us involved with things that he do, like when I met Brad Pitt. Wow. <clears throat> you know, yeah, you know, Dog, <laughs> that's what I love about Snoop, man. He doesn't, you know, you stay over there, I'm going to be over here. No, he says, come on. And, right. You know what I'm saying? And he brings you to the party, so. Right. Uncle Willie Nelson. We I, smoked a lot of good pots. It's kind of a random tangent here, but like I was watching TV the other day for the first time in a while, and I saw Snoop doing a Corona ad about 15 times in the course of an hour. He's doing it so big. Is it like so big? Awe-inspiring, like how many, like how he's been able to transition to this point in his career and still have like so many. You know, rappers you know, not supposed first, to have a career. When, this when I first started rapping, Rakim was my idol. Mm. But my experience with with Snoopy, you know, and watching him and his his transcending in the game and his elevation, how you know, being on the low. Well, being on a high, going to the low, and then where he is now, how he never let it bring him down. He's my idol now. Mm. And every day I see something new he's doing, I look at myself and say, see, that's what I'm going to do. His demeanor, his everything, you know, he taught me how to become a man. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And Snoopy always tell you, you're a man first. And that was one of the main teachings I learned from Snoop. Besides how to make a song, make a record, mm. a hit record, and along those sorts, because <clears throat> I was in the slaughtering MCs, so I wasn't even into making mm. a record. That's what's so valuable about uh, my project, The Horseman, with Raz and Cannabis and Killer Priest, because it satisfies that mic, that mic hunger. So that's why you guys are all hanging out, okay? Because I was trying Ooh, to think. I'm like, yeah. why, what has brought these these guys all together? I mean, you know, our album drops on the 18th, Friday, tomorrow. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, everything we do right now, it's been so far gone so long since we was able to really be around each other because we all have our own separate lives and careers. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, now that we've united and put this thing together, I make it a, a main thing that whatever I'm doing, I, I want them around. You know, COVID is the key to that too because – being so separated from everything and not being able to be around people helps you to appreciate. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's why this album's so valuable because, you know, we see how much we appreciate each other. Right. You know what I'm saying? So we want to take advantage of that. Yeah, I feel like a lot of us were taking a lot of things for granted and now we can kind of see the world a bit more clearly. Totally. I mean, like your family. Mm. A lot of us was taking our own families for granted, you know, and through the COVID, a lot of people were gone. Through this whole experience, Shock G is gone. Black yeah. Rob is gone. DMX is gone. Nipsey's gone. We lost a lot of 
good people through this whole transition of this COVID thing. Helps you to appreciate life, appreciate your loved ones, your family, your children, parents. You know what I'm saying? Everything about life. And so, you know, in every negative, there's a positive if, if you just look. I mean, you seem like you're in a pretty good place. Like, as I was watching a bunch of your interviews over the years last night, I was like, there's quite a few different levels to corrupt that you might get in any given interview. <laughs> there's different different versions of them. I mean, you know, I got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. They're a little bit of a showman. Have you ever, but okay, have you ever done an interview where you uh, hyped it up a little bit? Like, in, in that Kendrick rant. I think a lot of people were kind of watching that thing and like, <laughs> is he doing like a wrestling bit here a little bit or is this 100% real? Uh, no, every... <laughs> everything I do is, is genuine. Right. I mean, it's only the way to be. You know, you be yourself. I mean, that's the only way I know. So, you know, when I feel like clowning, I'm a clown. Mm. When I'm serious, I'm going to be serious. You know, it's just, just who you are. I believe in that 100%. Mm. Oh, yeah. So when I feel a little goofy, I'll be a little goofy. Right. Right. I'm just saying, though. But you feel like uh, your personality, I mean, how, how much of a hothead were you in your younger days? Like, what, what was the age or the, the era where you were the the most aggressive? And has that just kind of considerably turned down over the years where you've learned to live a more mellow life? Um, I think 99 was out. They're laughing like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying, though. <sighs> Look at Peanut Gallery over there. Oh, yeah, that's us. We are the Peanut Gang. You understand me? We got Snoopy. Mm. That's Charlie Brown. Charlie. <laughs> right. Raz Brown. Raz. Mm. Razzy Brown. Hey. Baby head, motherfucker. Now you see what I'm talking about. See, how could you be serious? It's good chemistry. Yeah, we all we got. Right. Yeah, we all. Is that kind of how it starts to feel as as the years go by that like you just really hold on to the rappers that you fuck with? Like whereas when you're like twenty five or whatever, there's a million motherfuckers that you could potentially kick it with. Like the ones that are still around twenty years later, you have a different yeah, vibe. You know, through time you learn to value um friendship, the value you know, to value people because people come and go. But after twenty years I give even give a minimum of a decade, five years even, let's go there. You know, and they still there. And by that time, you go through ups and downs. You go through disagreements. You never know um, the real in any person till they mad at you, mm. I believe. It's just my opinion. Because when they mad at you, you know, the reals comes out. And then if y'all still there after your disagreements, you know, that strengthens your relationship. There's a lot of people who had fights and then became the best of friends. Mm. And a lot who has not. Oh, that, yeah. Having that conversation with uh, one of my friends who's uh, more in the streets, and he's talking about how him and his homies could just beat the shit out of each other and just go <laughs> back to being cool. And I'm like, that doesn't sound like as much of a part of my culture. I feel like me growing up, <laughs> if we got in a fight, it's, it's over. It don't really usually get, get back after that. Yeah, you know, in, in my uh, my youth, you know, you, you get it off your chest, you squab, and then, um, you know, you it actually, you respect each other. One thing about a good squab, um, it earns respect, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And any two alphas, you know, 
they most likely are going to clash and bump heads and, and and get into it. And then after that, they'll have an understand on who's the alpha. Mm. That's you really know. what that is about. That's all. A fight is always just jockeying for position and power. And bullying. You know, a lot of people, they take it out on you because they can't take it out on mm. the one they really want to take it out on. Bullying is establishing the social hierarchy. Yeah, that's why you knock the bully out. Once you knock the bully out, he respects you and bullies everybody else. And everybody else look up to you like you're the bully killer. They respect you. Everybody respects you because you knock this punk-ass, bitch-ass nigga out. Mm. Bitch. We were having that conversation about how in the in the fist fight era, the big guy was like the dominant male. You know, when you're with the homies and, you know, people are around and have disagreements with others, the first thing you do, the law or the land, sock the big nigga. Once you put his ass down, everybody else probably going to flee. Mm. And the one that stays down, you know, you just, it's on. The rest of them probably gonna roll once you knock this big motherfucker out who everybody think is the one. Mm-hmm. Hit him first. Bam! And once you put cuz down, now who, you want some too, old man? A no. <laughs> right. Get up and stop messing with these nice people. Come on, man, let's go. I'll get y'all bitch asses out of here. Right. I mean, you know. And if you lose, you still gonna be the talk of the game when you sock him and loosen that, that, that facial, bop that eye. Even if you lose, they're going to be like, yeah, it's like a uh, minister society. Yeah, yeah, you, you you whooped him and all that. But when he socked you, you t- <laughs> all they're going to remember is that sock. Right. Especially when you're a little nigga like me and Raz. Mm. You know, you sock one of these big niggas and leave that lump on their head. Even if you lose, everybody's going to remember that lump. Is that why you keep Killer Priest around? Because he got a, a kind of security guard vibe to him as well? Well, before Killer Priest move, I'm going to sock the nigga first. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, me? You don't want let to let him get first dibs on it? Oh, hell no. You know what I'm saying? Sock that nigga first and then move. Then Killer Priest, go get him. Mm. Right. I did my part. You're that guy. And then you just turn around and look for anybody else. Because once you sock him, Priest going to grab him. You turn around. What's up, nigga? Oh, nothing, man. And wow, he's Killer Priest just holding him for ransom. <laughs> He's deaf, for Christ's sake. You're the kind of guy who has security, but then punches somebody himself anyway. And then move. Y'all get him, and then look at everybody else. You want some too, old man? What? You understand me? Shit. Because, yeah. I mean, fuck. If a person got an issue with you, don't let your homies take off before you do. Mm. Right. Neighborhood law. You take off and continue to take off. When the homies is over top of them, you got to be careful because they might be hitting you. <laughs> Everybody, pow, cuz, you hit me, pow, damn. Let me leave them alone. Y'all got cuz. Who else? I saw you with him, socking, bang, just keep on going. Cause. Keep it going. Keep it going. Over and over. <laughs> over and over again. Are you ever around that kind of energy these days, though? I, when I think about your life, I'm just assuming oh, that you're in the mansion and you're chilling yeah, and everything's all good. I'm too old to play, man. I got five children. You know what I'm saying? Me and my my wife, Lily, we got a football team. So, you know, we live beyond ourselves now. You know what I'm saying? A, a robe like fucking uh, I'm, I'm Gotti Hefner. Mm. Yeah. You what got can Hugh, I say? Hugh Hefner vibes around I'm the house? I'm Gotti Hefner, man. You know, I post up just chill. <sighs> Jump on my fight night and beat everybody to death with Mike Tyson. Mm. Hello. <laughs> right. Now that's fun. Yeah, what's what's the life you're after in at this point in your life? Like, what what is the good life? Oh man, just being with my family, mm-hmm. you know, being at home, watching Law and Order, 
You know what I'm saying? Eating some good home cooked food, family and friends, and the mic. Mm. Oh yeah. That's still essential. Oh man, like breathing. Mm. Mic is oxygen. You understand me? It's like I, I tell people all the time. You know, man, I rap for free. Mm. You know, the good thing is I, I get paid to do it. So you know, that's the perk. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We get paid to have fun, and people have fun with us. So it's a great life, great career. I have a career. You know what I'm saying? And that's what you go to school for to get a career. Mm. You know. So my school was Philly, in the Illadelph School of MCing. And then <clears throat> God sent me to California because I crashed my mama's car. At the right time. At the right time, right? All these things is in front of everybody's faces. Mm. You know what I'm saying? There's a positive in all negatives. You just have to see it. An open mind, you can see it. You know what I'm saying? And, and you see that positive. Mm. And you go forward. You know what I'm saying? Don't dwell on the negative. Concentrate on the positive. What did you learn? It'll help you not to make that same mistake again. I ain't, I ain't steal a car since. Mm. But the crashing, though, seemed to follow me because I crashed all my cars. <laughs> Were you <laughs> a bad that. driver or what? Aggressive? Uh, I had some help. Mm. Yeah. I had some help. Okay. Yeah. Like how how does it feel looking at me and knowing that you know your your lyrical content as well as a few of your uh, cronies at the time really kind of helped turn me out as like a nine year old. Oh well, thank you. <laughs> I'm sure My people God. have told you that before over the years, but how, how, how does that feel <laughs> to know that I I kind of saw that and was like, you know what, maybe a life of crime is for me. Oh wow, well shit. Maybe I want to be on some real grown shit. Oh wow, that was grown. <laughs> well shit. I mean, I was a kid when I was pushing that line. Mm. I didn't know no better. You know, you don't look at it like that. My auntie Dion Warwick uh, had a talk with me before and was just like, what would your mama think about these, these words you're saying? You know, at the time, I was just a kid. Like, she said this to you way back in the day? Yeah. Okay. You know, and it was like, well, you know, I never looked at it like that, you know. Then my mama named me Incorruptible. You're going to be making gospel records before you know it, you're going to be a preacher. I used to always think, like, good luck. <laughs> I'm finna go and smoke some of this indica right now, because, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Good luck, Mom. I mean, Mama, you might be right. You know what I'm saying? As soon as I leave, go smoke some Indo, go home in California and crash my car. <laughs> Should have listened to my Mama. You can blame most of the car crashes off of the, off of the weed? No, it was alcohol. Oh, okay, yeah. It was alcohol and youth. You know, never drive upset. Mm. You know, when you're tired, don't go driving. You know what I'm saying? Some things you can't avoid. One of them I just couldn't avoid, which was hydroplaning. Oh, wow. Yeah, the car just has a mind of its own. Yeah, so, you know, that you can't avoid. But there was a lot. I learned about uh, driving 101 through crashes, mm. like dropping the phone and then going to pick it up. Oh, no. Look back up. Bang! Oh, my goodness. Just, I felt that one. Oh, yeah. You Oof. know, it scared you, scared you to death. You got to think quick, though. You got to think quick, you know, because the intersection, I ain't even trip off the intersection. My phone falls. Oh, man. Bang! Oh, cuz. Jesus. All right, pull over. Let's go talk. Pull over. They get the pull. 
I'm gone. Oh, yeah. I'm a skate artist, too. I skate a lot. Right. Police is this. I'll never let you know where. Okay. This was when I was a kid. God forgive me. Do you feel like you were born with it in you to be a, a bad kid? Or did something happen to you at a certain point that made you want to act out? Just influences. That's why you got to be wary on who your children hang around. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And who they spend their time with when they're young. Very, They're very influenced. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, that's basically it. That's what made me how I was, you know, because mommy wants to take me to church. It's boring. Yeah. While they over here having the time of their life with all the girls, beers. I mean, what would you choose, you know? Right. I'd take a good old-fashioned ass whooping for sneaking out to have the time of my life for just a second. <laughs> you know, but that's the way we thought as a youth. And through time, I found out that that second worth of pleasure could cost you a lifetime. Mm. You know, robbing a store, doing this, doing that, quick cash, and then you lose everything. Mm. So, you know, some of us learn the hard way and, and uh, are blessed enough to uh, get past that. Others aren't that, you know, don't have that same uh, luck. Yeah, it's pretty overwhelming when you think about how many people you probably know way more than me, but who, you know, commit some crime that maybe doesn't seem like a big deal to them when they're 18, 19, 20, and you ain't seen them since. Yeah, I mean, as you get older, you, you the consequences and repercussions, they kick in. You... You know, because that's what comes with age. You know, mm -hmm. when you're young, it's fun. You know, exciting. The excitement of it, the, the thrill, the rush. And, you know, when you get older, you look back and be like, damn, I would do it again. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? If I could. You know what I'm saying? And by then, it's too late. So, you know, a lot of us are, are have that. You know, my, I feel my mama and my, my father and my grandparents and family, a lot of their blessings... I'm the littlest nigga from the uh, littlest nigga on the block, and to survive uh, all the things I've survived in my life, it's a miracle. Mm. All right, because you know I, I was there. You know, when I was young, my big brother Draws and them, Tony Tobin, Broomy, you know, Broomfield, Kenny Mack, and them, they sheltered me from all of that. Mm. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Kept me away from the homies that was active and. You know, so like you you were the bad kid at home, but then around all the rappers and death row and everything, they were determined to keep you the good kid oh, amongst the bad kids. By the time of death row, I was already, I was already in a system. Okay. Of uh, bad. But like, how how much time has to actually pass between you like meeting Big U and then you getting with death row? Oh man, that that actually happened fast because. Uh, my brother went to jail, and then he was gone. And then um, when he was gone, I was there uh, by myself, Tony Tobins, and you know I still wasn't in the streets because I had Chico, my big homie Chico. Actually, he started rapping. He was inspired by Corrupt, and he made a group called Chico and Cool Water. Mm -hmm. Right, and that was my big, my one of my family members too, my big bro Chico. He was actually a basketball star. So he was basketball and I was rapping. And the homies would try and keep us in those same whoop bops and keep us together. He would always come and see me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And then um, 
through time, after Death Row, Chico got into rapping. He always be rapping with me in the studio. That's what the homies do, you know. Once I see them start freestyling and shit, I'm like, get on the mic. Because you want to do it, right. you know. You know. And um, so, you know, Chico would keep his eye on me after that. Nicky Bam across the street, rest in peace, you know what I'm saying? And uh, But, you know, you banging or doing bad things, decision that a person has to make on their own to not to do. Because you can only shelter a person for so long mm. before they have to make the decision on their own. What was Big U's perspective on you going to death row? Was that like, like how did that seem to him? Now, he really wasn't tripping, you know. He was happy that I was happy. You know what I'm saying? If he was home, I probably probably wouldn't even have been at death row, to tell you the truth. Really? Yeah. Oh, cause because that was during his bid, okay. Right, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, uh, one thing about draws, he'll invest into you. So, you know, I probably wouldn't have went that way because he would have been around, you know what I'm saying, and what we was doing, <clears throat> excuse me, what we was doing, me and Broomy and Kenny, you know, who knows what would have happened. Mm. But everything happens for a reason. You know, I met Snoop right before he got to death row, and Snoop's the one who brought me in. Mm. Right, so like I said, in every negative, there's a positive. Uh, God took draws away, and then God brought me Snoop. And, you know, Snoop was there to keep me away from everything. And then God brought draws back home. Mm. And, you know, he, he's been doing great ever since. And me and him have been just doing what we love, you know what I'm saying? So everything happens for a reason. Does that make you feel like you might be a certain level of human being that you've just gravitated yourself into the orbit of all these people that we regard as, you know, obviously you're a legend in your own right, but the fact that, like, you know, Big U goes to jail and then all of a sudden you're with Snoop at death row. It's like, I mean, it's got to be something. You, you feel like that about yourself? There's got to be something inherently special about you, right? Yeah. It's God. <laughs> God said. I mean, that's the only thing I can think about. Mm. You know what I'm saying? When you... These, these immaculate things that happen to you, you know, where, how does it happen? You know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a God-fearing man. I definitely believe God has his hand, hands in it, you know, aura, uh, karma, all of those things are real. You know, you do right things, right things come to you. Mm. You know, especially when you have a choice. You approach with something and you say, nah, I'm cool. There's a blessing in that. Uh, harming somebody and you like, no, nah, I'm cool. There's a blessing in that. Helping somebody, it's a blessing in that. And blessings come in all shapes, sizes. You know, you just got to peep it. Nothing's too small, nothing's too big. Except the small ones, you get bigger ones. And I'm a firm believer that God doesn't give you anything besides opportunities. Mm. He places the right people in front of you. What you do with that blessing is up to you. Mm. Respects. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, seeing... Well, one thing that you said that I found really interesting that I had never thought about, because it's like, you know, I was such a kid consuming all this death row shit that, <laughs> you know, I didn't really, like, understand what I was looking at. And now when I go back and look at it, I'm able to, like, make sense of it a lot more because when yeah. you, you're so young that you don't really understand what you're looking at. And you said, like... Part of what made our run at Death Row so special was that you had this like blood record label, and all of a sudden you got a bunch of Crips in there, 
Right. It's a crazy different cohesion of styles and, and different types of dudes, but of course it wasn't really <clears throat> maybe meant to last so long. Well, you know, Death Row wasn't a blood label. Uh, our CEO was a blood. Right. You know, Death Row was a musical label based upon Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre wasn't involved in none of that type of stuff. Mm. You know, um, so it was a musical thing from the door, musical family. It was all about the music. And through time, you know, all of that came about. Mm. But in the beginning, you know, it was a musical label. Rage was signed before Snoop. And so, you know, Dr. Dre, <laughs> Rage, Jewel, you know, the history of it, Warren G and Snoop can tell you better than I can because they were there from the, the door. Right. And then when Snoop brought me in, you know, uh, Snoop, Rage, Jewel, Dr. Dre, that was the key base. And Suge wasn't really too much pushing a, a line of, you know, pushing his bloodline. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we just did music. Suge was a big brother to us. He took us under his wing. And first thing, one of the things that Suge said to us was, you know, whatever you do, don't gangbang on your records. Because mm. blood's like your music too. Right. He was a, a strong advocate about that. You know what I'm saying? Make music, man. Don't gangbang on your records because, you know, I mean, you really where where you from. So the proof is in you. You know, when you when you broadcast it, that's not real. Right. You know what I'm saying? And plus, you got other people who love your music and, and love you, but they won't be able to support that because, you, you know what I'm saying, they're going to respect you more knowing who you are and you just giving them good music than broadcasting and flossing, throwing it in their face, this is what I am, whoop, wop, wop. There's no respect in that. You know, the respect is just being solid as a rock. It seems like good advice, but it seems like advice that like most of these young rappers don't really take. They're banging all over the place. Well, it wasn't before we were. Yeah. Right. You know, it wasn't that easy, you know, saying we're you know, this, this, and this is that. And then you got to see people in the streets, and they didn't take too kindly to it. Now it's more of a fashion. Mm. And, you know, back in the days, you had to earn it. Yeah, nobody's surprised to see Bloods and Crips working together on music these <clears> days. Well, you know. Uh, Maybe certain neighborhoods and stuff. But well, in the beginning, you know, the war, it kind of calmed down, mm. and people started to unify. You know, we had the truce and different things that happened was unified. You know, the riots, you know what I'm saying, with Rodney King, the Bloods, the Crips, the Mexicans, all together as one. That was a big factor in starting to bring people together. A lot. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And most of the Crips and Bloods, back in the days, they knew each other. They all went to school together. Mm. <clears throat> you know what I mean? And, you know, things happen. But, you know, you really had to earn it. I mean, back in the days, it took a lot of heart to be a Blood. You know what I'm saying? The Crips was just so many Crips. I mean, we, we, they was, we was everywhere. Mm. And um, to be a Blood, it took a lot of heart. You know, nowadays, you know, it's just to cut people cut from different cloths. You know, banging is a little different. But they still serious. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's still not a joke. You know what I'm saying? The youngsters nowadays, vicious. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's still not a joke. Yeah, and I mean, I, I heard you say that in an interview where you are saying, like, in the 80s, 
Shit was so much worse than it was in the 90s. And in the 90s, shit was so much worse than it was in the 2000s. And you, you think about that, and I'm like, damn, shit does seem really fucking bad right now, at least some of the time. But, I mean, the, and, but these are like the generational, generational changes that very few people are around long enough to really witness and to really sort of understand how the culture has changed. That's life. Mm. Everything changes. It goes up, it goes down. Everything progresses for the good and for the bad, you know, you gotta deal with it. You gotta change with the times. Be who you are as a man, but you still have to change mm. with the times. You know, you have to adapt. So, you know, that's life. You feel disillusioned with the whole gang thing in general? Is it something that you still feel like you have a lot of love for? Or is it like, how have you grown to view it in your, uh, as a grown man? I'm from neighborhood. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I'm always be from neighborhood. But you know, I'm not a gang banger. You know what I'm saying? That's the neighborhood that I'm from. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Gang bangers are different. Those that are banging, they in the streets, they pushing that line and you know, they they active. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not active, but you know, this is where I'm from. Mm -hmm. You know, and it is what it is. But you know, I'm not pushing no lines, you know. I'm about to be 50 years old next year, so you know, respect is the main thing that matters, no matter what. I got blood homies and Mexican homies and family members that's bloods and, <clears throat> you know, crip homies. And, you know what I'm saying? It is what it is. You know, I'm never going to stop being where I'm from. But, you know, that's life. How do you raise your kids knowing that, in a lot of ways, your parents were kind of powerless to stop you from becoming the person that you felt like becoming. Well, you know, it's difficult nowadays. Kids will tell their friends more than they'll ever tell their parents. Mm. And it's hard to measure it out. If you're their friend too much, uh, that's not good. If you're too much of a parent to them, that's not good. So you got to level it out. There's a time to be a good buddy to them and talk with them. And there's a time to be a parent to them and, <clears throat> you know, put your foot down. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, you got to weigh it out. And use your instinct. Nowadays, a lot of people don't use their instinct. Everything, they want everything so fast, everything easy. You know, that's why this, this internet age is just running the game. You know, you can't figure anything out for yourself anymore. Now you go to the internet, it's right there for you. Mm -hmm. You can make a bomb. Like you as a kid, if you wanted to, you know, Talk to some girls. That's what your soul was telling you to do. You had to actually like go out. You had to go to the mall or the club or whatever. Now it's like there's inf infinite more girls on that you could potentially you, you, DM than you go on the computer and that's the mall. You go on the computer and that's yeah. the club. It's the strip club. You go to the computer at school. So you ain't got to go nowhere. Activities over. You ain't got to move. You know what I'm saying? COVID and took the crowd away from football and basketball and sports. Mm -hmm. Now you playing to a television screen. No emotion, no feeling. Reminds me of a movie called The, the uh, Motherfucking Equilibrium. Motherfuckers just had no emotions. Mm. Yeah. Does that feel like that's what technology is kind of turning these people into or turning all of us into to some extent definitely yeah you know instinct is irrelevant you know what i'm saying shit 
kids know how to modify guns. Mm. You know what I mean? Used to go to school with a, the, the worst thing you go to school with is brass knuckles, <laughs> fucking knife or something. Now kids going to school with automatic weapons. Yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. It's uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy to think about. What well, do you do? You remember the, you know, like by the time you ended up in L.A., was it already like gun culture fully underway, or did you get to see a little bit of that shift? Oh no, it was active. You know, I came out in '86, so. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was 16, but you know, I was from Philly, so I'm just something different to me. I was, I was startled, like, damn, this this is real. Mm. It's like the movie Colors. You know, nigga had to be careful. All that Philly stuff did not even matter. You got to watch what you wear, all that. And, you know, I got approached a couple of times. I'm like, man, I don't bang. Mm-hmm. You know, that didn't work. Right. Nah. What didn't. kind of response do you get to that? You don't bang. Shit, it's easy to fuck him up. Ain't no consequences and repercussions. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? He ain't even a part. Where, where you from? I ain't gang banging nothing. You don't what? Pop! Up. Uh, where you from? What do you do? Mm. Better fight. That was the key to the game. That same person who socked me, I got down with him, became my good buddy. Mm. Told me all about gang banging and streets and this and that and became a good friend. You know what I'm saying? And educated me to the game. If I didn't fight, it'd be a rap. Mm. Right. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, now we always say that like the kids on the internet are the or on the internet are the ones who are like amping up the beef between rappers and whatnot. Like you know, if if if, if a young rappers on Instagram live and somebody comments something about somebody and he says one single word that could be construed as offensive, then the kids online are taking it and figuring out how to contextualize it, and they're put, they're tagging the person nonstop. Hey, hey, so and so said this about you. It seems like, you know, a lot of times when I talk to rappers who have, like, real serious beef over the years, that it comes back to it wouldn't have got to this point if the internet didn't amp it up. And it's interesting when I think about uh, the whole East versus West that it was pretty much the same thing except you had these, like, mainstream magazines and such and such sort of creating this narrative that, in retrospect, doesn't really seem realistic. Right. Well, you know, like I said, there's a positive and a negative to everything. There's a positive thing to media, and there's a positive thing to the internet. Then you have the negative of the media and a negative of the internet because everybody doesn't deserve that power, that voice, mm. to be heard. They ain't talking about shit. You see what I'm saying? When you had to get a job at the source in order to like be able to make some kind of movement in the rap culture, that was one thing. And now it's, there's absolutely no initiation process. You just, you got an Instagram account, you can make memes, you can do whatever. Unfortunately, through the times, you know, sex, drugs, guns, mayhem, drama, distraught, despair, it sells. You know what I'm saying? People want to see other people's woes. They love to see people up, and they, they love to see people down. It's all theater. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Our governor was known for centuries as a machine, killing everybody. They used to talk bad about our raps, but they all watched The Terminator. Mm. People, bodies getting blown to bits and pieces, but, you know, 
that wasn't considered violence. But when we tell our stories and our tales on the mic and tell our tales from the streets of what we see and what it is and put ourselves in that character, you know what I'm saying? I hear stories from the homies and I'll put it into a rhyme, tell that tale and say, I'm the one that's doing it. But you know what I'm saying? First of all, I'm not going to tell people the crime I've done. That wouldn't be smart. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I'll hear a tale <clears throat> and I'll make it into a story. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's what entertainment is about. You know, there's real things I speak about and there's things that I, I, I add into my music to entertain. You know, I know the difference. And if a person was to ask me about it, I'd tell them the reals. You know, this is entertainment. Now, this was real. You know what I'm saying? And you'll hear my music change throughout the years, you know. We was more about partying. That was that's gangster. You know what I'm saying? Not smoking people, killing people and all that, but telling a gangster tale, that's gangster, you know. Partying, you know what I'm saying? Going to the parties, sea walking, dancing, cracking bitches, cracking the ladies, cracking somebody, you know, that that's that's gangster, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's not just all about fighting and mm. drugs and death, being hard, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> but now it's like in particular, I'm thinking about these fucking kids in Jacksonville. There's a crazy-ass gang war out there, and there's, like, one of the kids who's involved in all of it, and he had a bunch of popular songs, videos with millions of views, and now the cops are saying, and it seems like it's pretty fucking clear, that, you know, there's all these murders that he committed, and these songs have the exact details, like, way too much information, not to mention whatever fucking evidence they have against him, but it's mind-blowing the extent to which this kid incriminated himself. He ain't the first one. <laughs> okay. But it might, if, you, if I showed you this, you might be like, all right, that's the worst I've ever seen. Hey, you know what? There's <laughs> nothing new under the sun, but I would love to see it, though, because it's a lot of people do a robbery and then make a rap about the robbery, explaining it to a T. Police coming straight to him. Mm. Uh, we got our guy. First 48. Don't go inside and ask for a cigarette. As soon as they ask for a cigarette, they're going to tell. Can I get something to smoke? Oh, man, he's telling immediately. Oh, That's how you know. Damn it. Oh, you asked for a cig? Goddamn right. Noted, because I would definitely be the one asking for a cig. Oh, don't ask for a cigarette, man. Ride it out. Don't say nothing. You have the right to be silent. Learn it. Especially if you're wrong. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You're always wrong. That's why you being interrogated. Okay? Don't dry snitch. Um, yeah, well, I wasn't there, but when he shot him, wait, if you wasn't there, who's he? You're done. Mm. Just shut the fuck up, man. Just shut the fuck up. Okay? Yeah. And ride it out. You know, Snoopy always said it, man. He made a song about it. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Mm. Yeah. Don't do it. Okay? Being gangster in that mode, man, it comes with a price. Mm. And as you can see, all that gangster shit, then when they get hit, you know. You know, they get you with those jailhouse snitches now. I know a bunch of situations where that's how they got them caught up. They plant a snitch in the holding cell, and all of a sudden you're telling them everything you ever did. Well, that's why, you know, whole neighborhood. You do a crime, do it by yourself. Mm. Do it with others, man. Good luck. That's no fun. 
Uh, see, that's the whole point. Crime ain't fun. Right. The crime is real. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And just don't do it. I would. I, I suggest you don't do it. You know, find a hobby. I'm getting paid off of my hobby. Mm. Rapping was a hobby. You know what I'm saying? So, shit, I'm getting paid off my hobby, and I love that. <laughs> you know, a lot of people got hobbies. Drawing, artwork. That's a hobby. You can make a lot of money in that. You just got to take it serious. You got you know other hobbies it? besides rapping? Like, that's not really a hobby so much as also like a job for you at this point. Is there anything that's like purely a hobby? You build wooden ships in a bottle or anything? Well, all my hobbies I get paid off of because I have a hobby of going on fight night and knocking everybody the fuck out. <laughs> okay? Right. But, you know, we bet. So, it's, you know, but it's my hobby. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's only one person that can beat me, and that's a big rube from the Dungeon family. Yeah, I just can't catch his number, man. Really? Oh man, he's the one. He's he's the champ, and and I'm the I'm the first round draft pick. You dig what I'm talking about? You o- you only compete against other rappers from sort of your era. Anybody <laughs> putting that ass down? And nowadays they got the fight night with Mike Tyson. Like, what mm. the fuck must be done? Because I was whooping people's ass with Jake Lamada. We used to gr- we grew up playing. Punch out, Mike Tyson's no, punch out. Fucking them up too. And Ring King. You're the little tiny white guy, Mac. Mm. Mm. I knock Mac ass out. <laughs> I'll knock all their ass out, nigga. You understand me? It's timing. I just whooped that ass. Ring King, I was whooping everybody ass. Whop, 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 whop. Right. I'm good. If you were 30 years younger, maybe you would have became a, a, a gamer. That's what these kids all want to do now. I don't have patience for it. Really? Nah, no, I ain't got patience for it. You know what I'm saying? It'd be no fun. You know what I'm saying? I like things that's fun. No, just doing it just to do it is the fun. I wouldn't have been a gamer because, you know, a nigga get to lose and I get to throw in a remote control television. Might start fucking cuz up that beat me. That beat me. You know what I'm saying? Man, it's bullshit, man. Hmm. You cheating. Boop. <laughs> I'm, I'm horrible. I'm a horrible loser. Are you really? Yeah, I'm a horrible loser, so I couldn't be a gamer. That's why you had to get so good? You motherfucking right. Mm. No, nobody likes to lose. You should see Snoop when he loses. Really? <laughs> oh, it's horrible. Right. Everybody got to get the fuck out. Yeah. Everybody got to get the fuck out. <laughs> That's it. He breaks the game. He breaks the stick. He breaks the television. Really? Nobody else can play. Get the fuck out. And he's serious. Damn. That's why when people play Snoop, you be like, you fucking up, man. What you talking about? What are you beating Snoop for, man? We all going to have to get the fuck out because of your motherfucking funny ass, nigga. Let really? him win. Fuck. That's interesting. I always think of Snoop as being like the, the chillest dude on earth. Yeah, until he lose. <laughs> you motherfucking right. Dog ain't going for that because he very rarely loses. I mean, dog is the best. Really? To beat dog, man, you got to be unheard of really yeah man dog fuck everybody up but there's certain people who beat him sometimes dog would take it on the chin like ah that was good and you got me but you know beating dog is not easy so when he loses you know he he goes irate you know what i'm saying so yeah but that's all but games are you know we take the game and shit seriously you know it's Mm. fun but the competition we live for that competition Mm. you know what i'm saying and that you know that's it is what it is. I always think it's so crazy that there's people that I'll interview or you know young people I know who to them they know everything about Snoop Dogg these days and everything but I'm like 
you cannot imagine how cool I thought Snoop Dogg was when he was like this 20-something-year-old skinny-ass gangbanger with an afro and the craziest music. And the, I'm like, you are too young to understand what this guy was to us at that time. And, you know, to be honest with you, that's the way Snoop was before he was making records. Mm. You know what I'm saying? The character that everybody loves is really not a character. Mm. It's really this man. You know what I'm saying? Calvin. It's really him. You know, I've, I've talked to a lot of his friends from Long Beach. And Snoop's always been Snoop. You know what I'm saying? He makes you laugh. He's all about having fun. Snoop just loves to have fun, and he brings fun to everybody around him. You know, he makes sure everybody has a good time, and they bag all the time. Snoop loves it, and, you know, he just loves fun environments. So he always makes it a fun environment. Mm. But, you know, dog is dog. Is dog. You know what I'm saying? He's from the streets. He's a hustler. He get, he knows how to get that cheese. He knows how to spin that cheese because I'm horrible. At saving? Hell yeah. <laughs> Shit. Snoop and Daz, man, they'll keep the same $20, nigga, for like a year. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, you still got 20 bucks? Hell yeah. Man, I spent that shit in four seconds. Really? I bought all the candy. <laughs> you understand me? Shit, 20 bucks. Man. Uh, let, me get, uh, let me get the potato chips, the hot chips. Yeah, and um, let me get five of the Snickers. I want five of them. You got any money, young man? I got 20 bucks. Let me get five of the Snickers. Ooh, I ain't never seen that hubba bubba before. I want two of those. When I get finished, I got $2 left. Dog, what you got left? Shit, man, I got me 40 bucks. I thought you only had a dub. I went over there and shot some craps. Won me 40 bucks. <laughs> what? Wow. Spent 20 on this. Got me a sack. I got me 20 left though. I feel like Snoop must have money just falling out of his ass. Like, he must just be so rich that it's hard to imagine still having that mentality. Dog has got the cheese he got because he's smart, mm. patient, and, you know, he's a hustler. He knows how to, you know, he knows what to do with money. He knows how to keep it. You know, same thing with Daz, man. Daz and Snoop, they know how to how to keep it. They got patience, and you know, you be like, man, let me borrow this. And they got fifty thousand uh, bucks. Man, I ain't got no cheese. Let me get two hundred dollars. Man, I ain't got no money. <laughs> <laughs> You're like what? What you mean you ain't got no money? You just broke out a thousand dollars. Right. Shit, man, that shit's already gone, man. I got shit. I'm gonna have to spend that all on this. It's already counted for, man. Right. Shit, I don't know how to say that. Man, let me get, I ain't got no money. And I just start buying everything in front of motherfuckers. Fuck it. What you want, man? I get them some shit. Next thing you know, I'm broke. Mm -hmm. They got the money. I need some money. Man, I ain't got no money. You got all the money. Like, damn, dads used to tell me all the time, man, why are you buying everything for everybody? Well, you know, I got some more money coming. But you ain't got it now. Damn, you right. Mm. Yeah, my heart always gets the best of me. <laughs> what do you think it is about you that you just don't think long term like that? You don't think about having that money the next day or, or whatever. And what, what, what's different about dads that you guys are just not on the same page in that kind of mentality? I mean, we humans, you know, I don't know. 
You know, Daz and Snoop is cut from a different cloth. Mm. Nate Dogg, Warren G., you know what I'm saying? My brother draws. They all cut from different cloths. Me, I'm a natural born fuck up. <laughs> you know, that's why I have a great wife. Right. She knows how to stack it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, you know, I say, hey, man, you know, we're going to put this shit up. Okay, I know she got it in the cut. I'm good. And I ain't even thinking about the cheese. Out of sight, out of mind. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I got everything I need at home. And that was a part of growth. Because, yeah, I need help. Right. Because if I ain't have somebody good by my side, yeah, I'll be all fucked up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Come on, cuz. I got me motherfucking $10,000. We going to Miami. We going here, cuz. We, we going everywhere, cuz. We going to Atlanta first, right? Rent the car. We going to drive to Miami. I seen dad do it a gang of times. Go get all the bitches. Let's go, cuz. Right. Four days. Come back to California, bro. Right. Oh, fuck. But yeah, the time of your life. That's all that mattered. Mm. You know, so, you know, growing up, you know, that's why God blessed me with a good partner, because a partner that you trust, you know, can't do it by yourself when you got this addiction. Mm. You know, she helped me beat alcoholism. So, you know, a good partner is always good. Snoop has a great partner. Tabu, Shantae, you know, she, you know, she's a part of Snoop's strength as well as a man. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> he don't make a lot of the mistakes he used to make before Shantae came into his life, you know? Mm. Gave him purpose, something to live for, and then gave him beautiful children. You know what I'm saying? He got grandbabies now. Dog appreciates it. You know, we all make mistakes. And when you got somebody that rides it out with you through any mistakes you make and things like that, you know, business mistakes and, you know, when you're young, you, you know, trying to figure it out. They figure it out with you, you know what I'm saying? Dog has always been my inspiration as a man. Snoopy, uh, my brother Dante, you know what I'm saying? Those were my inspirations. My father, you know what I'm saying? Ricardo Emmanuel Brown Sr. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you, um, do you feel like... You know, one thing that stuck with me when I was watching the um, the infamous golf course fight was Nate Dogg in the intro. He's talking about, um, he's basically like diagnosing why this all happened. And he says, you know, he mentions Easy's name and he says, rest in peace. Who? Nate. Like Nate Dogg? Yeah. Right. While he's telling the story, he just, you know, quickly says, as, as, as long as he's going to mention Easy's name, he's going to say, rest in peace. It occurs to me that <laughs> that don't really happen a lot these days. Nowadays, people are the the idea that like the dead just deserve respect. Feels like a lot of people don't necessarily fall in line with that. If you didn't like them while they were living, they're not gonna. I've never heard Nate say that, so you know. No, well, yeah. Hopefully, I'm quoting correctly. But <laughs> <laughs> I remember it. Yeah, he's talking about it. Anyway. Uh, what was this during the time we was in a feud? There's like a li- yeah, you know, it's like, but it was after Easy had, p- had passed. But then there, there's like a little like intro clip on the clip on YouTube of the golf course fight, and he's sort of like explaining what happened. And you're there, and like I don't know, I was just I was I so was he was explaining his mentality during that. Sort of explaining everything that happened, but then he like when he mentioned Easy's name, he did say rest in peace, and I was like, it's nice to hear because I feel like that that norm of showing respect to people who've lost their life, oh, a lot okay. of that's I gone away. Saying now. You're saying Nate gave respect to him. Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. Well, Nate was a very respectful man, but mm. we all, 
you know, everything, we going through things with people feuding and all the rest of that. And, you know, as you grow up, you get over that and respect becomes the thing, at least for us it was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, tell you the truth, um, you know, we really never had an issue with Eric. But, you know, when you with somebody, you got to ride it out. Mm -hmm. Their war is your war. So that's the whole thing when it came to Easy. We didn't even know Easy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Snoop been around him, I think, before. But, you know, we with Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre says this is what it is. It is what it is. Same thing with anybody that was with Easy. Now, the crazy thing about it, you know, like Nate said, he gave it up for Easy. Dr. Dre had an issue with Easy. He got, you know, fixed his issues with Eric and he, you know what I'm saying? He had problems with Ice Cube. He fixed his problems with Ice Cube. You know, that's what happens when you grow up. You know, you're a man first, like Dog said. So, you know, when you're grown, you got to put away childish things. Mm. You know, I had an issue with DMX. Right. And uh, About some serious shit, too. Yeah, we squashed that. You know what I'm saying? At the, at the airport, me and my brother Hump and DMX was in there by himself. You just randomly saw him in the airport and that's how it got squashed? Exactly. Wow. You know, as we was older. And um, my brother Hump was in the, you know, the place where you buy shit. What they call that, Raz? The Hudson News? That's, there it is. <laughs> no, for real. And that right there, you know, Hump was going there to get some things. And he saw DMX and he was like, he rolled up to him and said, hey, man, what's going on? What's up, D? And he was like, oh, what's up? And he was just basically like, man, you know, man, I fucks with you. I'm corrupt's brother. You know what I'm saying? Corrupt. Man, we're corrupt at, man. I said, oh, he's over there. In the, uh, Hump said, he's over there in the bar, man. I'm going to go get him, man. He'd love to see you, man. We fuck with you. And he was like, man, I fuck with corrupt. Tell him come over here. That easy. Really? Hump came to me and said, man, guess who's over there at the Hudson? Like, Who? And he was like, DMX. I was like, for real? Where cuz at? Man, he over there right now. I said, come on, Hump. Went over there, and as soon as I saw him, face to face, eye to eye, I was like, what's up, D? He was like, what's up, Grub? We shook hands, and at the airport, we didn't leave each other's side, man. We, we went, sat, had a couple drinks, and chopped up game, and missed our flights. Wow, really? Yeah, we missed our flights. Damn. The flight was irrelevant. We just chopping it and having a good time, and we squashed our differences, man, and both of us apologized to each other. Did you actually go through the events that led to you having issues in the first place, like the, the details of the, the woman that was involved and whatnot? But Foxy yeah. Brown? Nah, that you was didn't, irrelevant. You didn't we do just, technicalities, okay. Nah, because it was irrelevant, you know. We talking as men. What it was about is irrelevant. But didn't he deny that he was basically cheating with her on you or whatever? Was there any, like, discussion of facts of, like, whether this actually happened the way that you assumed it happened? Who gives a fuck? Fair. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? We chopping it. We having the time of our lives. That's irrelevant. Inga was young. You know what I'm saying? And she did what she was supposed to do, young and having fun. She was a superstar. I I don't blame her either. Mm. I was young, and that's what made me... shoot the bop gun, you know, fuck everybody, you know, you don't know no better, you, you young, you know what I'm saying, you respond with violence, huh? what other way is there to respond with something that you don't like, mm. you know, at our age, all I knew was gang banging, niggas. so you know what, I don't like this, we gotta fight, that's all there is, no compromising, no thinking, you don't think when you're young and active, mm-hmm. so, 
You know, that was the real problem. We all was young, you know. D was doing what he's supposed to do. She was doing what she was supposed to do. And me, I was doing what I was supposed to do. You know, I ain't know no other way to do it. Mm. So, you know, me and D, we ain't spend no time talking about, you know, garbage. Mm. We spent our time talking about man shit, you know what I'm saying? Family and, and you know, doing good and finding out things that we had in common, you know what I'm saying? Talked about movies and regular shit, you know what I'm saying? And basketball and sports and you know what I'm saying? Laughing and having a good time. And man, whenever you out here, let's smoke some good bud. And you know, I got you and whoop, whoop, whoop. And then we had to rebook our flights and catch the red eyes. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, it was special. And it was good to be able to do that. You never know how long a person's gonna be here. Right. If you so if never it's had not that. real, real, because that wasn't real, we was just young. Mm-hmm. You know, it ain't worth the whoop wop. That's why you gotta think. Use your brain. And if you can think when you're young, you're ahead of the game. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah, I mean, that kind of like wasted energy on having problems with people that you don't need to have. It's kind of like a characteristic of your youth, you know? And when you're young, who gives a fuck? That's the key word. You don't give a fuck. So any any activity is good when you're young. Mm. You know? And that's what it is. When you're young, the differences between you and another person seem extreme. Seem like the end of the world. But then as you get older, it's much easier to see the similarities. Like, why why are me and DMX not going to be cool? We're both guys who've had very similar life experiences in the rap game. We've, you know, even been with the same woman. Like, all these reasons why we have a lot in common. But when you're young, you don't see that. And same thing with the gangbang shit. It's like, when you're young, it's like, you want an issue with this guy three blocks away? You know, when you're young, the only way... You deal with things the only way you was taught. Anybody, if you feel they disrespected you, smash them. Mm. That's it, if that's how you was taught. If you was taught to think before you move, you, you think before you move. You know, I wasn't taught to think before I, I move. I was taught to handle it, you know. But there's virtue in just wilding the fuck out and not thinking about the results. Yeah. Look, if I don't like them, handle it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? One of the main things I was taught was, you know, don't talk about a person before you handle that person. But I broke that protocol as well because, you know, they was a million miles away. There ain't no chance I'm going to see the person. And I wanted the world to know and them to know how I felt. And, you know, that's one of the main rules. Don't voice it on the record. Mm. When you see them, handle it. I couldn't hold it. And that's youth. Right. Bad decisions, you know what I'm saying? Broke my own protocol that I grew up to. But you reacted with anger, and as an adult, are you able to look at it and say you were really hurt? Basically. Mm. Basically. You know what I'm saying? Being hurt, you know, you, a lot of people don't know how to control that. A lot of people don't know how to acknowledge that they've been hurt it's much more comfortable to just react with anger and violence you you gotta be a real special person at that to be that age and acknowledge you know well let's take a knowledge away you do acknowledge you hurt and your response to that acknowledgement is i'm fucking somebody up because that (laughs) is the acknowledgement okay because i'm hurt now how do i deal with this Mm. fight what else is there when you're young, dumb, and full of cum. Mm. You know, as an adult, you hurt. 
How do you deal with it? Get it out your life. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Let's get a, as far away from what hurt me as possible because I have a life, you know. I have things that I live for beyond myself. You know, I'm a man now. Mm. As a child, what do you have to live for besides, you know, nothing, you know? And, you know, when you're in the game that we're in, you mm. see what I'm saying, cuz? So it's like, man, you, the point is you survived it. Now, how do you not make that mistake again? God put me and Earl in the same airport at the same time. God gave us the opportunity to handle our differences as men. We both could have chose different shit. My brother could have talked to him. He could have been like, I don't fuck with you, man. You know, you cool, man, but I don't fuck with your brother. Mm. He could have said that. Earl was a real nigga. If he felt that way, he would have he said it. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't a punk. And if I felt that way, I would have said it. You know what I'm saying? We didn't feel that way, cuz. You know? Mm. Yeah, DMX just seemed like a guy who was just incapable of doing anything besides really, like, living who he was and what he was feeling. Like, everybody else at some point, it seems like they gained some degree of control over their emotions and how they're living. They become a little bit calculated. Yeah. He didn't really seem like he, Like, I was listening to a quote from somebody in his entourage or maybe one of his managers or something, and they said that he would meet a homeless person outside the hotel and all the plans for the afternoon would get canceled because he was just going to talk to this guy for three hours. Yeah. I heard a similar story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask about the alcohol more. Do you feel like that's fully behind you? It's in the past? What's your relationship with it these days? And it's never fully behind you. you. Take it day by day. Right. You know, it's a lot of moments I feel like a little nip. A little neighborhood nip won't hurt me. You know what I'm saying? Just a little nip, nip. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm saying. I'll be fine. Just a little nip, nip. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, that's how it starts. I know this. So that's a part of my strength with it. And, you know, family, friends, and most importantly, uh, Lily. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Lisa is the key to it. I could be around bottles all day because I have something different to live for, something else that makes me uh, excited. You know, being at home with, with my woman, posted at the house, just watching Law & Order. It's cool. My doctor told me I can have a glass of red wine, mm. you know, a little bit of champagne, yeah. You know, a couple beers. But does that feel a little too dangerous, like you're, you're playing with fire there? Well, you know, everything in moderation is all right. When you overdo, it's the key. Liquor, I can't handle that. Mm. I'm going to always overdo liquor. But, you know, I don't, I don't really indulge in too much of it at all. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I do have my beers, you know, but I, I'm more into my diet that my doctor told me about. So, you know, my apple cider vinegar in the morning. Mm. My wife makes me this, uh, this uh, saline bag water. Really? Yeah, with the, with the Kato, uh, Kato IV. And basically it turns my regular geyser spring water into saline bag water because it has all the, the minerals. Okay. So you couple drops of that, you put in the water, boop, bop, 
the cup that we got from my doctor in the hospital, which shows me the water why I should drink a day. Have that in the morning. You know, she makes me these smoothies. Or uh, Yaya will make me some smoothies, makes a smoothie for me now. This shit tastes like Nestle Quick. <laughs> Strawberry Nestle Quick. Ooh. Right, you know what I'm saying? Things like that, starting the morning off like that. My dog, Blue, you know, having something to do, keeping myself busy uh, helps me with, you know, the urge. Right. Mm-hmm. When you ended up in the hospital during that reality show, was that like a huge part of the wake-up call, or was that just another occurrence? Oh, hell no. That shit was garbage. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Nigga went to the hospital because they was like, hey, man, let's just go and do it. You know, it's was good it the, for the, the show. One? Oh, really? You know. Oh, wow. I did drink something that fucked me up, though. Right. Right, because, you know, it's got these things in there. They don't tell you about the motherfucker. I probably set me up funny ass niggas you know what i'm saying but it's uh what do they call that shit huh yeah probiotics and shit this shit looked like it was a champagne red champagne nigga. i was like what they got champagne in this bitch poured that shit had a couple sips then i downed it and the nigga was done nigga, whoa, whoa, whoa woozy feeling all funny and shit really? like wait a minute man what the fuck is this ain't no what they got in this mushrooms Cause, wait, okay, I can't, I has to go lay it down. Uh-huh. Rest heals everything. Oh, no, he's having a, a relapse. Oh, he's relapsing, an alcoholic relapse. Oh, that, what the fuck are you talking, the fuck is wrong with you, man? This ain't no relapse of alcohol. Alcohol makes me have a ball or get angry. Man, I'm fucked up, man. Like, my stomach is killing me. I can't, I'm barely moving. Fuck out of here, man. I need to go to sleep. Right. Because something's wrong. And when I find out what it is... Somebody's getting fucked up. <laughs> then the doc came and talked to him. He was like, oh, well, you know, let's just go and do this. And, you know, it's good for the show. Let's just do it for the show. We know ain't nothing wrong with you. Made it happen. And everybody was like, uh, oh, he had this. He had this went wrong. See, that's what I'm talking about. People will believe anything and shit. Mm. Right. But that's the crazy thing about doing reality TV is that you could basically be in a position where you kind of have to do something that makes you look bad for the content that they're making. Yeah, unfortunately. You have any regrets about doing that? You've done a few shows at this point, right? Oh man, I don't have no regrets about it. It don't make me or break me. I'm a man, you know what I'm saying? All that shit is irrelevant. I'm corrupt. <laughs> 30 years in this game, man, my history is impeccable. Mm. You know, I make mistakes and I climb up from it. Would like you do Snoop. that again? What's that? One of those shows? Of course. Really? Yeah, my own. Oh, okay. You motherfucking right. I felt like it seemed like it was putting some stress between you and your wife when I was watching the the trailer. I granted I didn't watch the whole thing, but it seemed like it was putting some strain. Well, that on that me. wasn't my wife. At one. Oh, okay. And number two, you know, um, it really wasn't because we went there with a plan. Look, we really don't need no motherfucking boot camping shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Exactly. You know? Who does? It's a weird way At to handle your problems, yeah, you know? <laughs> our age, you know what I'm saying? Look, we're going to go here, we're going to get this motherfucking cheese. Right. And let's just enjoy ourselves. We don't have no issues. And, you know, you know, what happened, happened. You know, she felt some kind of way and, you know, televised it. There was one part where you guys were at, like, podiums. Yeah. And it, it looked like you were drunk. 
And I was. You guys were like oh, really shit, getting into it. And I was like, I almost want to stay up till like eight in the morning watching this entire show just so that I can know how that ended up being something that happened. <laughs> hey, the doctor was like, the doctor and the judge was like, are you drunk right now? No. Is he drunk right now? Yes. Man, I ain't no motherfucking drunk. Like, who's going to tell him themselves? <laughs> Fuck I look like, man. Right. You know what I'm saying? That was a stupid question. Never admit that you're like, drunk. look, why are you going to ask me a question you already know? Stupid. Mm. Fuck you mean am I drunk? I'm not drunk. I'm hammered. <laughs> Fuck is wrong with you? You know what I am, man. Don't ask me no stupid question. They ain't like I'm going to say, yeah. Right. Who the fuck does that? Rob the store. Did you rob that store? Yeah. I did. Yeah. <laughs> fuck does that? Fuck no, I ain't drunk. Ask me another stupid ass question. Stupid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What was better, uh, marriage boot camp or love and hip hop? I never was on love and hip hop. Really? You were supposed to be at one point, but then you didn't do it? Yeah, I was. Oh, okay. You know, I talked with the people with my ex wife and shit. It brought. I don't know, man. Something about that television camera, man, just brings a different person out of people, you know? Because both of those shows, I was having a ball. You know what I'm saying? Seemed like it, yeah. Hey, look, man. Okay. If, if the lady is saying his problem is drinking, right? Huh. Okay. So, doc, judge, ma'am, lady. All right. She says drinking is my problem. Right? So why the fuck do y'all got a bar over this motherfucker that looks like fucking Saturday Night Fever around this bitch? <laughs> fuck you think I'm going to do, nigga? You know what you're doing. And guess what? I'm going to participate. Right. Goddamn right. Free liquor. Big cheese. All you got to do is not make me angry. Have fun with me. You know what I'm saying? But don't make me angry. We already know what happens. Mr. McGee, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Okay. You see I'm drinking. Have fun with me, cuz. You don't want to turn me into that guy. Okay? I'm having the time of my life. But, hey, exploitation's a motherfucker. I have no problem with you exploitating me with this check you're giving me. Have a fucking ball. I'm on here so that me and this lady can get paid and have a good time doing it. She don't want to stick to the program. That's her choice. Mm. I'm going to have a ball. Now, if you make me angry... I have no problem with the world seeing that side of me because I just don't give a fuck. Mm. That was my mentality at the time. I was very miserable. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And that's what misery does. It brings the worst out of you, helps you to make the worst decisions. Happiness uh, helps you to be smart, to make the best decisions. The best decision is that I would have never went on that show mm. because it was beneath me. Mm. Right. You know, if I'm going to do a show, it's got to be my own show. But that's what misery does. Mm. Yeah, like when we're looking at M and Dre and shit, it's like it's so clear that one very, very important part of their brand is just obsession with quality and never really debasing their personal brands. And, right. and you know, it's got to be like infinite opportunities to do that when you've had a career that long. But, you know, sometimes it's pretty tempting to just take the short term bag, huh? Extremely. Mm. Uh, when you're around the wrong influences. Right. You know what I'm saying? Dr. Drado, he's very smart. Um, he's, a, he's rare, too. Dr. Dre's rare. Snoop is rare. Dr. Dre experienced fucking off cheese and doing all of that right there. You know what I'm saying? Helped him to become the man that he is. Um, 
But, you know, he has great influence around him, like Jimmy, Jimmy Iovine. Mm. Jimmy's about that cheese and about his game. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hey, that goes back to one of the things I learned as a youth uh, from the elders. You know, if you hang around nothing pretty soon, you'll be nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you hang around something, as long as you have an open mind to learn, sooner or later you'll become something because you hang around something, opportunities come. If you hang around nothing, opportunities come. Mm. Nothing opportunities. Right. No. So the company you keep is very, very important. You see people who get the opportunity put in front of them and it changes everything in their life. And then you see other people who could have countless opportunities placed in front of them and it never really clicks. Right. This is your way out of your current situation. Right. You know, it's life. You know, who you surround yourself around is very important. Mm. They help you to make those good decisions, those right decisions, you know, when you're incapable of making them yourself. Mm. And a lot of us are incapable of making these wise decisions on our own, especially when you grew up a certain kind of way. And then there's some that's blessed to already be ahead of that game. Mm. So you just got to know who you are. Side note. I was watching a music video that uh, I do a podcast with uh, this guy, A.D., from Compton. And you guys actually did a uh, a Christmas song. I think you were both features on another artist's song. Mm -hmm. But, man, I was like, Corrupt still raps his ass off. Oh, yeah. I almost texted him and said Corrupt washed you on the song, but I didn't know if he would feel weird about it. I wouldn't do that. I thought he might feel (laughs) a little offended, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't do that. And I felt like you guys had the best two verses on the song, so I, w- I didn't really want to emphasize that either way. Right, right. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I'll just say it, though. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but you're a, big, you're a big Christmas guy? Definitely. So that's, oh, that man, song felt natural? To, my mama used to make Christmas so beautiful. But, yeah, man, you know, Christmas is a very important year for me because, you know, the, my experience with Christmas with my mama, she always made it very, very special. Mm. So, you know, when it comes to Christmas, you know, I try and bring the same to my family members. Mm. You know, it's hard nowadays because, you know, I'm an old man. So, you know, Christmas for me is just, hey, man, I just want, I, hey, babe, what you want to get everybody? Okay, let's give it to them. Let's have a ball. Let me get back to this fight night. Mm. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm the Grinch. I feel it. Um, how did it feel when you saw Lil Uzi putting you in his top five? Really? You didn't see that? Oh. What happened? Lil Uzi Vert was doing an interview with Fat Joe, and he was doing his top five. And there was a bunch of p- picks on the list that were, like, a little out of the ordinary, like, a little surprising. Like, he didn't just have, like, a basic-ass, like, Biggie, Tupac, whatever list. He actually had some, some interesting names that made me think that, like, oh, this is a list that he's actually, like, put some thought into. And you were on there, and I was I was impressed. Wow, damn! Nut. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> My guy, big Uzi dog. Do you ever feel he from the Philadelphia? He is, and that's, that's an interesting right. part of it. Yeah, right? there you very go. interesting. Thank you very much. Hmm. Wow. Now, see, that's that's an honor. Yeah. Yeah, that's an honor. Good looking dog. <laughs> Do you ever feel like? You haven't necessarily been given the flowers that you deserve in terms of, uh, 
your content and whatnot. Like, obviously, you're a legend in the game, but like when when I saw Uzi say that, it occurred to me. I'm surprised I haven't heard his name in more top fives. Well, to be honest, I love my flowers that I get from the people that give them to me. You know, I'm very appreciative of that. Um, you know, those that don't give me those flowers, it don't doesn't offend me or. I feel like I should get those flowers, you know. Mm. Um, the flowers I get, I'm satisfied with, you know. And I'm going to keep putting out music and, you know, hopefully I'll get on that, that level. I feel, you know, I got a lot of work to do to get on those levels right there. It's not impossible to do. Jigga did it, mm. you know. And I remember when Jigga first started because, I'm not mistaken, he was a DJ. You know what I'm saying? And he went from being a DJ to being an entrepreneur. Mm. And one of the greatest MCs of all time. And greatest businessman. Entrepreneur. Right. Greatest businessman, exactly. But he became one of the greatest MCs of all time. You know, so it's not impossible, you know what I'm saying, to do, you know, if you put your mind to it. So, and also there's no age limit on this. Mm. Hip hop is forever. It's music and music is eternal. So, you know. Every time you get booked on one of those like '90s West Coast type festivals, is that something that you're very excited about in terms of just getting to see everybody and just I don't know that must be a fucking good ass feeling. It's an accomplishment. It's like a high school reunion type thing over and over, right? A little bit more than that. It's mm-hmm. an accomplishment that you know to be you know first we was the the baby the baby G's mm. the little Lokes. And now we're the originals. And that is a very big accomplishment. A lot of artists, majority of artists, they come, they go. But we made music that was labeled, well, well that is timeless. Mm. We made history, and that's extremely hard to accomplish. That's rare. And for any of these places to say, or these festivals to say, we want to bring the keys of the 90s to the table, and I'm included, that feels great. Mm. That's historic, you know. And I still feel I have more to accomplish because I'm not on dog's level, you know, and that's a level that I'm shooting to get on, Mm. like you said. I agree with you with that because I was on the airplane flying into Newark and Snoop's on the plane with me. No, shit. I remember when Dog wasn't on none of those. We went to a club once. They playing G-Thing inside. And we all come up. They see Snoop. Snoop's like, yo, what's up, man? I'm Snoop Dog." And they was like, okay. Like, okay, we trying to get in. And they hit us with a, hit Snoop with a price. Like, you got to pay. Dog, like, what, what the fuck you mean I got to pay? That's me right there, y'all playing. Y'all playing my shit. They was playing G thing. Man, that's me right there. Man, 100 bucks. He went from that to being on the airplane. His Corona commercials on the Mm. airplane, in the airport. Dog is on television, Corona commercials. Cooking show with Martha Stewart. (laughs) Come on, Kevin. But only after she caught the Fed case. 
well, shit. She had to kind of come to the dark side. (laughs) Man, Martha been the dark side. Y'all thought she was on the light side, nigga. (laughs) You You knew she was up to no good. we already knew Martha was a gangster. You know what I'm saying? This shit, man. Mm. Martha was gangster, nigga. You know what I'm saying? And hey, man, you know, she got caught and what she do? She rode it out. Mm. And that's crazy. Martha did her time. And I think a lot of rappers kind of gained a, a, a level of respect right there. Shit, man. Martha, look, let me tell you something. She's cut from a different cloth, man. You know, the, the respect we give to Martha is it's irrelevant, man. She ain't even in the circle of fun. You mm-hmm. dig what I'm saying? Martha is fucking on a different level. And that's what's so great, the love she has for Snoopy. You see what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. she's from a different place. She's already upper echelon. And for her to respect and love the dog like that tells you something great about the dog. Mm. Right. That's true. All right, I got one last question for you. Sure. Whenever any of these young rappers pass away, a lot of times I notice that there's a conversation about Tupac. Like, is it fair to compare this person's career to Tupac? Or, you know, what what was it that, you know, I, I remember when Tentacion, who I was real close with, he died. And I said something on a podcast or something. I said something about, like, this is like Tupac for this younger generation. I had TMZ in my emails, like, moments later, <laughs> trying to get me to, you know, reiterate that on camera. Because still Tupac's name rings bells to the extent that if you just compare a new rapper to him, that's newsworthy on TMZ. It's like one of the biggest news sources, and they want to put that as a headline. What do you think of that? And is it is it fair to put anyone in that kind of conversation? And what is it that keeps Tupac's name still that relevant? Well, the thing about it is the struggle Tupac went through. You know, to compare somebody to Tupac. You know, is it, I don't know, it's kind of disrespectful. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They ain't been through that struggle. They ain't did what he had to do to make it. It's, it's bigger than rap, you know. To say that is like saying a boxer is the Muhammad Ali of his time. It's, it's impossible. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's literally impossible, you know. There's only one Muhammad Ali. And that is a problem, though. You can't keep comparing people to people. Why can't they be their own individual? Mm. Originality. Everything is compared to somebody. You can't. There'll never be another Muhammad Ali. There'll never be another Floyd Mayweather. There'll never be another uh, uh, great like these guys. You really think that, though? Why can't someone be better than them? Yeah, that's the point. Better than. They can't be them. Right. So if they're better than, then they wrote their own ticket. Sports is different than music, too, though. Sports and music, peace pipe, crack pipe, same thing. Okay? <laughs> same thing. There'll, there will never be another Michael Jordan. Why can't Kobe just be Kobe? Right. You see what I'm saying? But you could say, okay, Kobe is to this generation what Michael Jordan was it's to another generation. It's easy to say that. You ain't talking about his talent and skills. You're talking about how the people embrace him. Mm. You see what I'm saying? But you ain't talking about his skill. He has the same skill as Michael Jordan. No. You can say, like you said, because the, the key is, see, I'm a lawyer by 
trade psychologist. I see that. You're, you're, right. Your argument, argument and, of and, skills and, are better and, than average. And all you're doing is coming up with a, a way to justify your theory. Hmm. See? But you're still saying the same thing. He's like, he reminds you of something. Mm. Like Triple X, rest in peace. What reminded you of Pac in him, cuz? There was like a certain emotional, visceral attitude of just really, I don't know, just really being like. Did I, you know Tupac? No, of course not. So therefore, how are you going to say cuz is like Pac, you don't even know cuz? I'm talking about the relationship that I think the fans You're talking had about Exactly, cuz. Fuck all of that, cuz. You don't even know cuz. Don't say somebody's like somebody you don't know. You ain't been around cuz. See how people get emotional over yeah. that shit. I was just giving you an example. You know what I'm I saying? was thinking, I'm like, is this going to be the viral moment? <laughs> you should have saw your face, though. You was like, oh, shit. I was like, is this like the underground? TMC, TMZ shit. What the? No, I was just saying, you see how people, because, you know, those that, know, that met him, that know him, mm. yes, it's an offense to say anybody's like cuz. He's dead. Mm. You couldn't say that if he was alive. Mm. Right. Because that's another thing why you wouldn't say he was like Pac. Mm. Because he wouldn't come to the No Jumper headquarters. Sure he would. No. Oh, we got corrupt. You got corona? I mean, we might have some coronas. But <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. That boy ain't going to come to Los Angeles, man, come knock on that door. Okay, but how, how do you feel about Tupac the fact that— Tupac will come to that door, right? But, but people get remembered differently when they pass away, right? Especially young. Um, yeah, because, you know, the earth is built of different opinions. Freedom of speech is one of the things about America. A lot of people uh, have different views of things. <clears throat> everybody ain't right. Everybody ain't wrong. When it comes to opinions, there is no right or wrong. There's only how that particular person feels. There's never a right or a wrong in an opinion. Mm. See what I'm saying? And opinions are like assholes. Everybody got one. Nobody's right or wrong. Nobody can say that Triple X is not like Tupac because, you know, that's your opinion. Mm. See, that, that's your opinion. Nobody can say your opinion is wrong because Triple X reminded you of Tupac. Right. It don't remind Raz of Tupac. Don't remind. Caprice of Tupac. <laughs> Got it. Little Tupac. subtle head Snoop shake there. Tupac. You know what I'm saying? Right. It don't remind Lily of Tupac. But there's a lot of people that would agree with you. They have your. They share your same views. Mm. So you know, hey man, you can say anybody. You know, my dog Blue. You know what I'm saying? She reminds me of my, you know, my pistol. Mm. Right. Because I wanted to kill everything that comes my way. Get him! Get him! Right? right. It's just the way I feel, right? And can't nobody tell me no different. When I snap that finger and she motherfucking shoots your ass, them sharp-ass teeth and that strong bite, same effect. Mm. You're going down. Right. That's all it is, cuz. So if, if he reminds you of Pac, more power to you, cuz. You know what I'm saying? Nobody can say you wrong because it's your personal opinion. Mm. But you also got to deal with those that, that look at that man. You know, people out there hurt you over that type of shit. Motherfuckers go crazy. They go nuts. The world is a place of people nuts, man. They'll mm. fuck a person up over that type of shit. Really? Man, you better ask Raider fans. Say something about the Raiders. 
I, I did. I, I, I dare you. I never even, Say something about the Raiders. I never seen a game. Say something about the Dodgers. Never seen a game. Say something about it. I dare you. I'm on the East Coast. We don't. Say something about the Yankees. Say something about the. Sox, Red Sox, for the record. And you can say whatever you want. I'm not that invested. Say something about the Red Sox to Ben Athlete. I just realized. Say you, something to him. Say, say, say anything. Did negative. anyone else notice that he's he wearing, gonna dive on he's wearing headphones? Like two sets of headphones. <laughs> you have the headphones around your neck and on your head. Hey, man, you How know. did it take me that long to notice that? I'm wearing the headphones I have to wear, and I'm also wearing the headphones that I like. Mm. Hello. We right. We could have maybe plugged those in. I don't know how it works exactly, but yeah, we could have. Yeah. But I like your headphones, man. You understand me? This this is all about the no jumper, okay? I want to be a part of the experience. Mm. Yeah, fit in with the kids. Man, I want to do it. Got to do it. You still get the good Beats by Dre boxes sent to the house? Hell no. Damn. Yeah, man, you know, that shit's over with, nigga. Nigga, I go to the store. <laughs> <laughs> let's go get them motherfuckers, man. Yeah. You dig? Let's show, let's show, let's show big bro some, some support. Yeah. Go buy these motherfuckers, cuz. No, See, Dr. Good. Dre, like, man, I bought these. Cause they're looking corrupt. And then they'll give me some free ones, too. Here you go, man. These the new ones. Damn. Mm. Why'd I even buy these motherfuckers? Well, shit. Now I got two. <laughs> I'm going to get these. I'm, say, I'm going to get this to one of my kids. And then when I get to the house, they're like, oh, well, Dad, you got those? Let me get those. Hell no. These are collector's items. Hell no. I ain't giving my Dr. Dre's to nobody. Rule number one. Rule number one. Yeah, man. Keep your shit, man. Put that shit up, man. Don't touch Rainy my headphones. Porter. Oh, you, you relate to that show? Hell yeah, I relate to that goddamn shit. Oh. My mama was a hoarder. Make me wish I was a hoarder. I probably have all my plaques. Now my plaques are spread everywhere. My baby mama got my plaques. My ex-wife got my plaques. I should have hoarded those motherfuckers. I should have hit them from the door. I got the opposite problem. <laughs> I don't save anything. Me neither. That's yeah. why my plaques is with my baby mama and my ex-wife. Shit, I should have hoarded them motherfuckers. I did put some with my mama, though, because she kept shit and put them in the cut. You mm. know what I'm saying? So, hey, I ain't mad at her. But, like, can you imagine if you even still had, like, your clothes from the 90s? That shit would be worth so much money, and it would be so tight. To look at it would be like the coolest shit ever yeah, so now so, be i can't so tight to wear too i can't throw that too i can't throw clothes away anymore so like i look at these t-shirts and i'm like fuck in five years i'm gonna think this shirt is so sick 10 years yeah i still got so that sick. i got that problem that we used to have because you know i don't even once you wear them all right throw those motherfuckers away i need new ones <laughs> fuck bad. you can't wash them yeah. I don't want to send them to the dry cleaners. I'll forget about them. Motherfuckers will be in that motherfucker till I turn 100. Mm. Right. I got so many clothes in different right. dry cleaners that a nigga forgot all about. Cause I'm like, damn, man, if I go to the dry cleaners, I probably got fucking four years worth of clothes in that bitch. They should sell them. If I was to pass away, they'd probably be they selling probably would, my right? shit. Yeah. Oh, man, I got this stuff right here. This came from corrupt. Mm. Right here. Chinese people be rich. Oh, no, mama. <laughs> all rich. Northridge, rich. Mm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Right. I think I'm right. gonna start doing that. Right. Oh yeah. That's tight. I mean, why not? Hey, I appreciate you coming through, man. I mean, it's been a pleasure. COVID Huge is fan. over, so we can shake hands. COVID is yeah. over. I walked in the Starbucks today, no mask. Good job. Just you know, one motherfucker walked into the store with no mask. They started tripping with him. He shot. I saw that. Shot yeah. all those motherfuckers. Kind of late in the game to be doing that, huh? Man, check it out. Good luck. Corrupt. Yes, sir. The man. Thank you very much. No Jumper. Coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Like, comment, subscribe. Nojumper.com if you want to support.
Oh, yeah. And Get That Horseman album comes out June 18th, which is tomorrow. You bitch, you. My man. Oh, yeah.